Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Compliment Tunnel. It is episode seven of uh, Previously on Boardroom. Uh, I'm Jamie East and we are dissecting, deliberating and discussing the tragic events of season three, episode seven of Succession. Uh, joining me, uh, wearing his complimentary cashmere sweater, is uh, is Chris Mandel. How are you, Chris? I'm good, yeah. I've got uh, 15 maybes for my birthday party next month, so I'm right. feeling great. <laughs> and uh, on the other side, uh, much like Jerry, she's been completely missing for the past couple of weeks, but she's like, <laughs> like a, she's an, she's a, a human VPN. It's Grace Dent. How are you? I'm back, baby. I'm back. I tell you what I am. I'm heavily traumatised by that entire episode. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm one of those people who... I don't throw a lot of parties. And when it comes to my birthday, I would rather just go missing a little bit and just hope that nobody notices. Not only does it keep me feeling younger, but I don't have that nervousness of who's going to turn up. The feeling that people are obligated to come to your party oh. is something that makes me really anxious. And this, I mean, the first half of this episode was just that, wasn't it? You know, Kendall determined to have this massive party, despite the fact that the entire episode has shown that he has no friends. You know, we've kind of like been calling Kendall a bit player for the past few weeks. We've been saying that, you know, he's kind of, he's just dropped in here and there. And now it's kind of clear why, because this was, this was Jeremy Strong and uh, Kendall Roy at their absolute best. It was horrific to watch. Chris, what was your immediate takeaway from it? Yeah, well, when I found out that the seventh episode of the season was going to focus on Kendall having a 40th birthday party, I yeah. I was I began to get stressed then. And yeah, I spent most of the episode thinking this going to be this is just going to boil over or something is going to just go horribly wrong. And instead of it being like a big like impactful moment, it was just a slow corrosive like episode where it just got grotesque and Chris you're absolutely right didn't we all sit thinking the climax will be when he gets up and does his song or the climax will be something to do with meeting that absolute piece of work Lucas Matson or the there were so many things that we thought we were heading to but what we actually did was head to collectively as an audience 
just wanting to lie in a fetal position with that A, that A, was it an A team blanket he had around him? I think I saw um, Mr. T on it. Am I right? Yeah, it's A team. It was, uh, and Damon Lindelof. Uh, as tweet, uh, if you go into Damon Lindelof, uh, the excellent writer of Watchmen, he f- he found his eighteen blanket. He had exactly that in his loft. He went and found it out. And if you're listening to this, we're recording this Monday night at uh, twenty five to seven in the evening. There is one on eBay now for fifty dollars that you that with shipping costs comes to about hundred quid. I think you can get it in England next week for a hundred quid. I'm quite tempted. Yeah. Is it new? And uh, well, it might be the same one. I mean, it was, if it's used, it's been around for a long time as somebody's comforter, and years, I'm going to yeah. say no. <laughs> if you pay them like £105, they'll give it a quick spritz of Febreze before putting it in oh. a jiffy bag. <laughs> before we move on to the birthday party, typical of Succession where, you know, we spent four or five episodes musing over what on earth the Department of Justice is going to do with this court case and is Tom going to jail and is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? What what does this mean corporately, structurally, morally, all the rest of it? And then which within 15 to 20 seconds, oh yeah, don't worry about that. That's now, that's forgotten about. We're moving on. Do you believe that? Well, on, on one level, it does seem almost too good to be true. And when Tom began uh, celebrating so quickly and so, uh, you know, so over in such an over the top manner, flipping tables and screaming. <laughs> I obviously you think there may be some comeuppance. However, I did think that that linked back to Tom was that last episode where he just looked Kendall in the eye and he said, I've, I've never seen Logan get fucked, Yeah, you know? <laughs> and yeah. it was, it was such an amazing, like, especially the way that Tom delivered it as well. You know, with these kind of really wide, almost weeping eyes and his little wobbly lip. Yeah. Because he said exactly what we all knew, you know, there's, and this is what we saw in this episode. It was very much, yeah, yeah. You know, we've, we, we've had episode after episode of this huge trauma, but it's all gone away now. Logan made it go away. It seems to have been a vehicle for Tom. The whole thing seems to have been a vehicle for Tom's character arc throughout season three, which is he's grown some balls. He's grown a backbone. He's kind of come through this. And I felt really happy for him. Then I felt really sad for him because no one else was really happy. And then it became clear, yeah. as Roman pointed out, that like Shiv was just kind of wanting him to fuck off to prison so she could go and have sex with a lot of people. Um, yeah. but then, then towards the end of the episode in the car on the way home from the party, he was just like, he kind of knew that I think, and was just like, I'm going out. It's going to be a long one. Don't wait up, which was kind of what she was doing to him for, for, for ages. So maybe that's what it is. And, and also there was the, there was the moment that Logan, you know, very quickly turned to him when everyone else had kind of ignored him and kind of put him down as a bit player in the whole thing. Logan was the one who touched him on the arm and said, I will remember. You know, which is an enormous uh, kind of, it's an enormous coup. It's an enormous accomplishment. He he t- he tented immediately, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, this, to be, you know, it's it's like when he got to call Logan, did he call him Pops? Pops, yeah. <laughs> in the toilet. This is yeah. an enormous, I always think with Tom that in the same way as I had Adamant or Simon Le Bon <laughs> on my wall, and I dreamed of one day being amongst those people, having a great time. I, you know, I, I, he, he had that family, didn't he? he? That's where he wanted to be. He read the business magazines and he wanted to be amongst the Roys. And yeah. he is there, but he's not. Is he living the pop star lifestyle that he, that he thought he was going to be or the fantasy life? Yeah. 
I, I feel that the the slow brooding storyline of uh, Shiv and Tom's marriage, I think it is actually very subtly done. It, but it is it's a huge thing, isn't it? That because of the drama that's been going on, they are not having serious conversations, and it's a convenient thing to hide behind. Mm. But their marriage is toast. Yeah, it's well, finished. the marriage is toast. Shiv's, it's over. Shiv's, Shiv's relationship <laughs> with everyone seems to be toast. So, you know, yes. we've, we've kind of come to it where actually there's more chance of, there is seriously now more chance of Tom running Waystar than Shiv, which is yeah. crazy. I think she's now dragging his prospects down, whereas prior he was the sort of wet husband that she had that was kind of like ruining her image. And now I think, especially now that Logan sort of backs him, I think he will. I think he will divorce Shiv and I think he will do well at the company going into like next season. Absolutely. So you think we're going to to season four with them separated and divorced, but Tom still playing a huge part. Tom's daddy's favorite. Like, like I think Shiv is going to get completely, she's like just had such a bad year. I think she's spiraling in the, I mean that, I know we're kind of going out of order, but that dancing she was doing, like, it's <laughs> awful. I thought yeah. she was walking over there to sleep with a guy that she'd spotted. I thought that was I the kind I thought she was going to, yeah. But but she, yeah, I think for someone that self-aware to dance that badly, like, she is in a really bad place. It was interesting for me, the, the seeing the unravelling of all the children. I mean, maybe we always talk about this as the unravelling, but to me, this was real kind of red wedding Game of Thrones yeah, style. Good analogy, good analogy, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, unravelling. With Shiv, you, can, you know, we'll talk about them all, but with Shiv, for me, it's been very interesting to see. We, we, we've all been kind of trained to think that Shiv, deep down, is a bit, you know, she's a bit of a lefty. She's a bit of, a, you know, she's she has ethics and she has morals and we've seen all of those be stripped away from her in just because in, in a will to please daddy. And I thought it was so interesting in this episode when we get to meet. So we're trying to turn, so Shiv is desperately trying to turn away from the bad old days, the bad old days of the Roys. We're going to move away from this and we're going to pin our colours to Lucas Matson who is awful. If the next three episodes, how many episodes have we got left? Three, two, We've got two three. more, two more. If the next two episodes are just watching Lucas Matson be fired in a cannon into the sun, right? <laughs> I'm happy because doesn't he just, he sums up to me everything that is bad about where we're going. You know, yeah. we're meant to be in this kind of, oh, you know, the Me Too movement and fairness and diversity and people being kind and all these lovely things we talk about. And then you've got Lucas and he's their lifeboat, apparently. So I found it, I found it very interesting, this this idea that Shiv, it's no respect from her family, no respect. Oh, God, we haven't even talked about Roman, but like no respect from Roman. The things that Roman said in that episode, I thought it was interesting that I love Roman. I love him, love him, love him. Did he you still love favorite. him as much at the end of this one? Exactly. Whereas people say, oh, Tom brings the comedy. Greg brings the comedy. I'm like, to me, Roman is the comedy. And yeah. I did not find him funny in this episode. No, I it found was, there was a lot of it. He, it was just he, really upsetting to watch. Awful. Just awful. You know, so moving, you know, 
so you know going back to Shiv because we we should break them down and what they all did in this episode but going yeah. back to Shiv you know the thing she's got no respect from her father and now you know Roman in trying to in trying to break it down what was he, he just keeps making comments about you know you're a woman go away you know wrote no respect from no respect from anyone no respect from the dance floor everybody laughing at her people you know people hanging over the mezzanine level to laugh at her dancing she's not allowed into meetings and even if she was allowed into a meeting who does she get to speak to bloody lucas matson yeah. you know um i just thought you know it, it was Rock bottom, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Kendall's rock line, bottom. Can I get you anything? What was it? It was pussy coke wristwatches. <laughs> it's just like as it if was, was it? Did he say pussy cocaine and pasta? Pussy pasta. What was the third P? I could have sworn people listening off- to this and throw and shouting whatever it is. I so could have sworn he offered him wristwatches as well. Oh, Reece, God, I literally Reese offers everyone a wristwatch. Yeah, who's <laughs> na- we now know is a bad person. You know, Ken was like, he's not a good, not a good man. He's the walking, the walking dark web. He's pivoted to doing <laughs> cocaine and prostitutes as well. Puss, was it pussy prostitutes and? Oh, I love this. Pussy. I love Amazing. the fact that the three of us can't think of one decadent thing that starts with P. <laughs> Porridge. Porridge. No. Yeah. <laughs> Pot, pot noodle. Yeah, yeah so it's the penguin. His reason for being there is what now? Now that now that Logan now that Logan's you know they're out of the water with the DOJ. Logan immediately decided that he wanted to go back to his season two kind of uh, Pierce. Yeah, the, the yeah. Pierce purchase, which which seems quite weird. Seems like why would you do that when you've got. You know, that's quite, that's old school. Yeah. I think that's, that was part of Shiv's problem with it. So yes. explain to me uh, his role in it then, Lucas Matheson's role in this then. He's just got money, has he? That's it. It's, it's, it's- he owns this, he owns this like tech streaming platform called Go Gojo. Is that right? Right. right but okay. the last time he built something for them, it was so bad that it didn't load. And that's why he pissed on his phone. No, no, the, the Waystar's, app waystar's app has really bad user interface so everything okay. lags and it takes ages to load so, so Mac- the- matheson is like netflix and waystar are like itv hub yeah it, it's yeah waystar's like britbox i think <laughs> <laughs> and so i was looking into this afternoon like when because sometimes the show does introduce a thing and you're like how long is what's gojo and they actually first mentioned it when they were trying to woo adrian brody yeah. Okay. And Kendall said, "Look, a comet is coming. We're going to do a big acquisition, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to broaden out." And he said, "We're going to do Gojo." Adrian Brody said, "It is way too overpriced." But Kendall said, "They have great user interface and uh, really bad content." How do you we remember amazing- this? How do you I went remember and looked at one of the scripts today. Oh, look at him. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for All that. Right, so Thank you for your service. Waystar has great content but a terrible design. Gojo has great design but terrible content. And so the idea is that they acquire it. Wow. And I guess it's a bit like um, Google Maps saying we're going to buy City Mapper and we're going to use that interface on our yeah. wider ranging but crap product. And so 
yeah, that's that's how he's come into it. He didn't want them because he thought they were a load of dinosaurs. He only wants to work with them if Logan is not long for this world, which I thought, oh. fair play to Lucas for saying what we've all been thinking, which is, when is Logan going to die? <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for explaining that to me because all of the time they were discussing those things in the party, all I could think was, the man has his feet on the table. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had his trainers on the table. He was in the in the treehouse and he was looking at his phone. He doesn't make eye contact. He just looks at his phone most of the time when he's talking. I thought that the question that he asked Roman about, uh, about, about Logan and when will he die, I thought that that was... What, I mean, I'm not easily shocked, and I'm certainly not with this program. But it was the relentless pursuing of it in, to, to you know to Logan's son, and it wasn't as if it wasn't like banter. Roman's probably not had to really think about that out loud, and I, I you could see him really caught off guard by that. But Roman's um, always been the one throughout this season, which has kind of backed his dad. Like all the others have kind of like crumbled at any at some point, whereas Roman has been the one, especially in the piss mad episode. He was the one that was just like, that's our dad. And I think he only managed to, pers- the, the, the thing that got him to pursue Lucas at the treehouse and get the wristband to get through, the thing, he, he wanted to do it for his dad. And that's where Shiv, Shiv just ended up having a gin and having a little boogie. It's that need to impress Logan. I don't think Roman quite knows if he agrees with the plan, but he knows that's what his dad wants. And I think that is such a different motivator between them. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I, I absolutely love how Succession illustrates the different the different eras of wealth the different types of wealth the different ways that people have made their wealth and and how they actually behave because you know these people that we've met who are the future you know who've made money from tech who've made money from you know future futuristic type of things they're all that they're they're in no way nicer or less evil than than Logan in his prime. Yeah. You know, even from the very first episode, who is the guy who in the very, very first episode and he said, I'm I'm gonna be like a fox in the hay house, in the chicken house, and I'm gonna kill everybody. I'm gonna kill every single one of you. It was oh, episode the, one. Of the first and he was the guy oh he was God. the guy that ran the it was basically Vice. Oh, oh was yeah, it Vol- yeah, yeah. Volta? Volta, yeah. yes. And, you know, so even from episode one, you've got Vol- the guy from Volta. Oh my and God, they, I forgot they, about that. <laughs> these people, they, you know, they, they don't make having made billions from sitting around on your sofa, you know, putting in the grind, as they say. These people do, you know, don't they do like 21 hour days sitting around in their, in, the, in their pants for like 11 years and then they suddenly they've got billions of pounds. Not one of them looks happy. Yeah. They have no social skills. They don't, no. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's a, there was just something. I thought that, um, I thought the character of Lucas was a, a real modern baddie, wasn't mm. he? A real, a real modern take on the evil of, of excess. Well, the only I, thing, I just, the only thing that gave him any spark was the prospect of pissing on Roman's phone, which is just mm. like such a weird thing, you know, but that's the only so it's time. degrading as well. It's the I only think, thing, like, it's the only time he was energized by Also it. two for two episodes, Roman conducting homoerotic business deals in a toilet. Yeah. I mean, so much so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. Also, I just want to say, as someone who appreciates a tall gentleman, I thought Alexander Skarsgård was wasted spending most of the episode sitting down. He is like <laughs> six foot six. 
Yeah. And the bit where he was at least going for a wee, I was like, well, thank goodness he's tall and you can see it in all its glory. Um, so I would say having someone with that bad posture who is that tall and Viking-esque was a waste. Amazing. But I hope he's in one of the next two episodes. It's kind of amazing how even people like Alexander Skarsgård, like, yeah, I'll do like an episode where I'm just like a douchebag and I have mm. 10 lines. Yeah. Like. And the dire- I can't remember the name of the director, but it's the director who did Hustlers. Ah, great movie. Laurie, what's she called? Oh. Um, and she she pitched to to Jesse Armstrong. She was like, "I want to please let me direct an episode." Like, Lauren Scafaria. Um, yeah. Wow, that's how cool. incredible that's is cool. that? That is very cool. Right, we've put it off for long enough. After the break, uh, we're going to go away for a few seconds. When we come back, that's like one half where we've just talked about just incidental stuff that happened. When we come back, it's time to uh, it's time to crack open our invite and, and enter the treehouse. Okay, welcome back uh, to the boardroom, season three, episode seven. Uh, it's my party, and I will get pushed over my bro- by my brother and leave in shame if I want to. Uh, where do, where on earth do you even begin with this? Uh, because- I mean, can I first say that any party that I go to that has that immersive theatre type thing going on, I don't, you know, I quite liked... Have you not been to the- Yumi Poo Poo Train or whatever oh, it's called? Oh, that's it. You were see, I tried, we were talking about Yumi Bum Bum Train. That's it, and yeah. like, and I, I, I mean, it's that, it's that type of immersive it's punch drunk theater that's another one isn't it where right. you you go in i mean i i, I don't so much mind I, I i quite liked that what the compliment the compliment that was amazing was compliment. the compliment i kind of like that as well and i love the juxtaposition of tom going in a bit coked in so people <laughs> were like you're a lovely person fuck off <laughs> which is which was just brilliant but it was just as they walked out of the vagina tunnel and there's these kind of glassy-eyed drama students dressed as nurses, I thought, oh, God. Because yeah. I've been at parties like this yeah. where you've suddenly... Yeah, yeah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to... I think I've been at a Game of Thrones party like that. Do you know what? Like yeah, there have lo- been a few uh, underneath the Tower yeah. of London, haven't there? there uh, yeah. We, we, season... Oh, my God. Season four or five? There was in, they were in the dungeons, weren't they? In the, in the, yes. In the, that was season the four, yeah, I remember going to yeah, that. But this was, you know, there was a, a, a certain p- type of party where they have that type of budget. It's a, mass, it's a massive undertaking to do these types of parties. It was such a perfectly pitched party for him. You know, they the writers really get Kendall, don't they? They really yes. know what he would do. Even that awful kind of like forest green roll neck with the... the what did he the, have the, on? Yeah. He didn't even get changed for his party. He was wearing that all day and then just put the jacket over the top like with the, with the UFO on the back, which is obviously... any If there's anyone that is a billionaire or so knows that, it's obviously probably some really expensive, hard to get kind of like billionaire's mm. boys club kind of like thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought something like that. Um, it was his end of times, wasn't it? Was that like the theme of it? End, end of it days? was his light. It was like, because it, it started going through his mum's vaginal canal and, and there was a nursery with baby cocktails in baby bottles. And then mm-hmm. they went through to the childhood treehouse, which was obviously like 
Ken could control who came in and out, I was like, God, get Freud on the phone. Oh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Just but then the one thing I also noticed was that the room that was on fire, you know, with all the screens, that was designed to look like the Waystar offices, which I thought was, and it, it was just the most horrifying look into his psyche. Yeah. That that's how he wants to celebrate his 40th birthday is by sort of like making everyone like live his life and live his horrors wasn't it because there were none of it none of them were very happy rooms either there was no kind of like no. joy, joyful thing um, and there was n- a no, none of his actual you know none of the none of the regular faces that we would expect to have even showed face were there no and one came did they nobody um, came to it there were no a-listers <laughs> and at the, the beginning was it oh, how many are coming it's like oh 80 percent and 80% like, yes, yeah. And he said yeah. Elon Musk was going, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> that's, a real, that's a real burn to Elon Musk, isn't it? Yeah. If I was a famous person and I was one of those names, I would be mortified. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, <laughs> Grace. It was, every room was just a little bit too empty. Yes. It was one of those parties that you go to where from the moment you get there, you know that you're going to have trouble leaving because... Yeah. It, to be walking the other way out of the door. We've all done it at, in, at parties where you realise that you're not going to be able to get out of the door and get your goodie bag or whatever if they're giving them out with, because there's still people arriving, but it's too late and you can't, you can't oh God, yeah. it's just, it was, I'm, I am, I'm so glad that it didn't work towards a repetition of him getting up to sing and the song going wrong. And I'm so glad that we missed we didn't have to sit through him being crucified on a cross or any of these things. Because by you that say that, but I, I am quite angry that I didn't get my tiny Wu Tang. Tiny Wu Tang, <laughs> tiny Wu Tang to me was very Spinal Tap, Stonehenge, wasn't it? So what were suddenly, they, what oh, was it, what was Tiny Wu Tang going to be? In my mind, it was dwarfs doing Wu Tang Clan. Mm. Yeah, or children. Neither of these things are (laughs) great. It's either either children running around swearing or it's small small people. If there is not not a troop of dwarves now, kind of like rehearsing Gravel Pit, there is something something wrong in the world because they will clean up. (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting, the, the idea of a determination to throw a party despite knowing Everything. that yeah. you're not that you, that you're not popular you're not popular you're you're a, an incredibly you know uh, a, a very a very dodgy part of your life like your, your career you've got this court cases and all these things coming up what this bloody mindedness that he was going to have the party said a lot about him it's like he to me it was the it's the the biggest sign of a kind of a not an insanity, but, you know, not uh, incongruency in what's going on in his head. When he said it to Adrian Brody, I can't remember Adrian's name, and when he said, he said something like, are you coming to my party? And Adrian Brody just looked him in the face and went, and why, who's coming? Yeah. Which I thought was so, at that moment, I'd have called it off. Yeah. Like, but well- <laughs> it, I think, I think the, what was interesting with, with Kendall, this was his episode where time ran out, really, where... He'd been kidding himself for so long, whether it was about the court case, whether it was about the letters, um, whether it was about uh, his relationship with 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 his family or about his own popularity and his own standing in things. Because mm. up until, I think up until this episode, he genuinely thought he was the good guy and that he would eventually 
end up back in the fold and they would have seen that he was right all along and how can how can we resolve this please Kendall and this was the episode where everything just everything just ran out and he realized that he didn't have any friends that he couldn't buy himself he couldn't even buy himself an amazing party you know that was the that was when he was most crestfallen was when he realized that actually the party was just shit and if if anyone's a big fan of reading about succession i'm sure everybody is uh, alan uh, seppenwall who's brilliant fantastic writer about all things tv writes for the rolling stones and he made a really good point was was that when kendall just said, I want to go home. He said that it was almost like the, that was the first time he can remember anyone in succession saying anything honest or just genuinely yes. from the heart. And it really did. It really cut to the quick. He just turned around and he was Where just like, do you think he meant by home? Ooh. I, when he said, I want to go home, in my head, I thought he wants to be at Rava's with the kids and he just mm. wants to be home. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't mean literally, but almost... You know, you know that he's. I want to be that Kendall. I want to, or because I don't, I don't ever see the the children uh, ever. uh, You know, Shiv and Roman. They don't seem to have a place that they call home. So when he says, "I want to go home," I didn't think he meant with the his family. You know, he's where they're all going to sit around a fire, and I didn't think there was. But to me, home. I I got the sense that. That was that's where he went when he was having all the in the first few episodes. He went straight there because that's where he see he still sees this as being kind of a and I love the fact that every time he does try to go back there, Rava's like, Why are you here? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I kind of thought he was sort of I was getting like I want my mum kind of energy from his at the end of his breakdown and I you know, I think he just wants to go back in the womb and yeah. just Yes. Yeah. This, I mean, this is, there is no home. He has no home. No, because they all have so many properties that there's no, no sort of like sentimentality to any of the spaces like that they occupy. You know, there's nothing personalized there. It's all just lavish. But I thought the, I thought the kind of way that Logan sort of ditched him, his family clearly were like, look, we're actually only here to try and steal uh, an investor from you. And then finally, his kids gave him a present and it was kind of like Rosebud, wasn't it? Where he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> remained yeah. tethered to them. And he was like, I've got all this, all this crap in my present room and I can't find the one thing I need. Um, and that seems to be what really like did it for him, that he's got nobody. And I do think he's thought for, to your point, Jamie, like he's thought for the longest time, like I am doing this for the people in my life and they'll come back around. Yeah. But I think Logan's sort of saying to him, I want to buy you out. This is how much you are worth to me on paper. That even obviously if, if my dad said to me, Chris, here's two billion, I'd be like, I love you. <laughs> but I think it must be quite strange for someone to whom money means nothing to be told that you are just a number. Like, yeah. We, when, when Naomi... Uh, we, when we saw a side to Naomi in, in this episode that we'd never really seen, we saw a lot of her. Yeah. And we saw that she did have a caring and a patient and uh, a sympathetic side and a mother a motherly side and uh, a loving side yeah. and a side that went, went to try and find a gift, although she has no value of money also in her own head. She went out to try and find a gift. But, you know, there's that closing scene it lingered on her for a very long time, didn't it? Where she just kind of looked 
almost at the door, didn't she? She just almost was cuddling yeah. him. Slides, but to me, it felt cuddling. as if she was going, how the hell do I get out of this one? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to have to walk away, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that in this episode, suddenly the pierces are back, the back, aren't they? But do you, do you do think she's good for him? Because okay. I remember we were like, she's something about her is a bit like... Um, that was the drugs, I think. Lechy. Yeah. And now I'm sort of like, okay, she might not be good for him, but I don't think she's bad for him. Yeah, I thought she like, was... I thought, I, you know, I watched that and I just thought, oh, thank God he's got her because she was being really sweet and, and you know, even if she, yeah. she... Even if she... I mean, my God, if anyone, ri- if anyone rich wants to buy me a shit watch... Just feel free because there's a lot of shit watches being dished out as kind of last thought gifts. My feeling with her is that uh, she doesn't bring out the best in him. You know, she doesn't, She do, or, or, or more so, she doesn't um, try and encourage him to be a better person. She was stood at the side of the stage when he was rehearsing the Billy Joel thing at the beginning and told him it was amazing. So she, she does not have his best interests at heart, clearly, because that was... Well, she's, yeah, she's from a very similar background i mean i know her side of the clan are a little bit more touchy-feely you know they, the 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 plot of succession made a big point of saying you know everything that they do is a bit different the pierces they you know they treat their staff well and they and they you know they have home home cooked meals where they all sit together and like talk about shakespeare around an open fire and blah 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 at the end of the day though it's same, same, isn't yeah, yeah, it? You know, yeah. it's like when we knew that from the moment she op- she didn't give a damn about that wine being opened when Greg opened the wine at, at Rava's and Rava's going, oh, and <laughs> Naomi just kind of came in with the glasses and went, oh God, let's get it drunk. <laughs> and I think that said so much about, about Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. I did love that Rava's appearance where she was like, I'm spending my birthday with three of my gal pals. We're going to have a bottle of wine. And Ken was like, that sounds awful. I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do for my birthday. Yeah. And yeah. she's also catching a dick as well. So fair play to her. Yeah. yeah that was her new guy, right? In yeah. the Kendall, Kendall said, oh, there's your guy. Does he even have genitals? And she was just like, oh, yes. The ending was just horrible. You know, oh. it, 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 it kind of, it, it accumulated into just one of the nastiest, bitterest, horriblest kind of conversations between the three kids that has ever like it kind of made the whole past kind of like 28 27 episodes pale because it was just every everything was out wasn't it it was just kind of like no holds barred there was no pretending shiv got it roman got it and then and then last of all kendall really got it and and you know we've we've gone on this journey with all the children uh in especially with like with Roman, for example, what he's had to do to prove to Logan that he is, he isn't a joke. He isn't, he isn't a car crash. He is the new him. And we've seen Roman get ever so slightly in tiny incremental stages, nastier and more cutthroat until last episode. He's kind of in a strange erotic standoff with a Nazi in the toilet and you don't know whether he's going to I was going to say suck him off. I can say that with you two. And I don't know what he's going to do. And then we've now come to this episode. And I just thought Roman is, it was quite chilling, wasn't it? It yeah. was quite, there was something incredibly upsetting about the way that he was behaving. You know, he's not. Uh. 
I do think a lesser show would have had a physical fight. Like they would have gone, we, the only way we can show this is if they're like smashing a table or something, mm. but it was something even more, it was such a, a, a half-hearted push and such a full throttled fall over. And it was all just, you know, I felt really uncomfortable witnessing it. Yes. It was, that it did push. feel like a school where, where you watch someone get bullied. There's no remorse from, from Roman. And I think we touched on this earlier where like we started to fall out of love with him because he's actually he some I think Ken said to him like you're not real like you're not a person because he's just this kind of conduit for other people whether it's these fascist politicians or this really like shifty tech guy that we met in Alexander Skarsgård or Logan who's who's telling you know Roman like I'm not going to go but you go and deliver this and you go and you we're, we're going to spy we haven't even touched on this yet that they're sort of spying on um, Kendall's kids yeah. which is what Rava said to him like these goons keep following the nanny like you need to call them off and he's like you know suddenly it that was where, that was really- where, and that was where Shiv was just like wait we're what and you we're know what? Sh- exactly. Shiv, what, we're what? and that was another example of, of Shiv just being completely out of the conversation so you know Roman and, and Logan had concocted the price they'd come up with a number for, for Kendall uh, Roman knew what was in that, that the card for him yeah you know, and, and took great relish in telling Shiv that she wasn't even included, she never would be. And then also Shiv found out that she had no idea that they were sending kind of like security agents to spy on Kendall's kids. All of a sudden she was just like, oh shit, I'm the lefty one here. This is awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she sold her soul to align with these people and she's not even getting to steer anything. No, she's just complicit without doing anything, which she's is en- like the worst yeah. scenario. All she's ended up with is the fact that she's now got a husband that's not going to jail, that she wanted to go to jail. So she, she's leapfrogged her as well. Um, um, but I thought that, yeah, the, the fight was just grim. And like, there was, I know it can happen often in this show that you do think, oh, this is the point where it's, it's, there's no going back. But yeah, uh, Roman has suddenly come on top, but uh, there's something so unsettling about it, that. And I feel it, for Shiv and I feel for Kendall. It always felt before like it was just business. Even, even like mm. the first episode of season three after season two, you know, the big kind of press conference with Roman he was still able to phone Shiv and uh, with Kendall rather, he was still able to phone Shiv and Roman up instantaneously yeah. and go, Hey, Shivy, 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 you know, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, because it was all just business and it was kind of games and it was just posturing and maneuvering for succession. Whereas now actually it just feels like, yeah, you're right, Chris, it's just over. What are our predictions now then? What do we, what do we think is going to happen? Grace, what's your, have you changed on the last scene? Um, I, I still feel that they are, going to come to the senses and realise that they're stronger as a unit and all Kendall wants to be is as we say home and they're even though there is this is a fictitious imaginary home they're stronger as a unit and they know it yeah it's so interesting to hear Grace say that because the by the time I finished this episode I was like I think the only way for Kendall to go is back to his dad and I think they'll there'll be a some sort of maybe not a reconciliation, but I think he'll go back. This whole plight that he's been on hasn't worked. He's alienated everybody and it's just built on, on wet sand. And I think, I think he's going to come back in the fold, but with some kind of, you know, Logan is like a mafia boss. There's going to be some, some sacrifice. Maybe it's maybe, I don't know. I think there's got to be something like that. I also think Shiv is going to either get the boot or, or jump out. I think she's going to like, leave because I keep, I keep getting the sense that her downward spiral this season is very similar to Kendall's last season. Like it's just beating after beating after beating in the sense that she's constantly failing, constantly being chastised by everybody. 
And yeah, I, I think there's got to be something like that. I also just think this, Scar- this Skarsgård thing, Alexander Skarsgård is in the next episode. Have you watched the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer yet, but he's credited. I know he's guest starring in it. Okay, great. So maybe we'll And find- obviously Connor for president. Yeah, yeah, with his ja- with his ja- his, with so, his jacket on. Was there some kind of lesbian broken arm? His broken arm. Did I did I read that right? Was there some kind of like under undercurrent of some Les- in, Leslie Ash style sex games? In the show, he said he fell off a horse, <laughs> but apparently, I don't think he's had sex with Willa for a long time. I really don't. Think, I mean, I think Willa has got very used to the lifestyle and she probably puts out once every three months she stepped up though didn't she at the end she stuck up for him you know show some respect he loved that oh my god she just bought herself another play yeah (laughs) also i loved when she went in to the party and she was like oh it's like a live theater installment why didn't they consult me on this I was like, that is just absolutely like... Oh, we'll always have sands, guys. Yeah. We'll always have sands. But I also thought the way she was really rude to um, Comfrey, the publicist, yeah. about the coat thing. I was like, oh, she's actually kind of enjoying being in this proximity to him. And, and like, she's got used to that power where she said, he is he has got 1% of the vote. Like, show him some respect. Yeah. <laughs> um a favorite favorite moments of this episode there are too many i mean I, I my favorite line i think was um was that from alexander skarsgård where he just said even the look on my face is commercially sensitive i kind of i yes. thought i thought that was just great i mean my favorite part what was that entire scene with him sitting with his feet on the table saying that he will, and we'll ne- we'll never know now what was it we don't know what the third the third p is no yeah. <laughs> My um, favourite quote of the night was also uh, Connor when he was arguing about leaving his coat and he said, I'm still looking for my Norwegian wool coat I left in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got one of those though, haven't we? Except for me, it's probably just like a next oh, cardigan I left in, left in a nightclub in Carlisle. But yeah, we've all got one we've not really even had time to touch on it we won't have time either just to touch upon it was kind of like an homage to to knackered assistants as well there was yes. the, the kendall's poor lackeys who yeah. just had had enough they were so relieved that he didn't do his his kind of crucifix turn but then yeah. but then also were panicking they were trying to get springsteen to come down springsteen needs to come down and and what does it improve the vibe yeah, improve the vibe there was talk of a jet pack there was like it was just like and and, and, and the, then comfrey the, has to go back to a flat which is entirely full of lunch boxes he-man lunch boxes she has to sell them on ebay and show them the receipts to get her money back that's so but that's cool. what i mean but it's so but it's so on the money as well anyone in yeah. pr anyone in entertainment pr will know that and i've got a house full of shit that they've posted me over the years yes you know i'll tell you what there was someone a couple of weeks some poor sod a couple of weeks ago had to pour slime into a jar and stick a ghostbuster sticker on the front of it and send it out to 50 people like me and i, I are you sure it was slime i applaud i applaud it it clogged up my sink it better have been <laughs> they said it was water soluble they lied I'm aware that this is the world's smallest violin and I'm not exactly endearing myself to my uh, to my to my audience but 
what annoys me most, and I get, you know, I'm sure you know, we're amongst friends, we can talk here. We get sent a lot of stuff, like a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff, especially when you do, if you don't do anything with film and TV and stuff. Mm. I get sent like some amazing, amazing things. And this is just like an anonymous call out. Don't put stickers on it. Don't, don't embroider it with the film. Because the leather jacket was perfect without having, <laughs> without having Fantastic Mr. Fox across the back, <laughs> you know, or something. Oh, like. I just thought that was like your sex name or something. I thought that's why that's why you were wearing it. Was that- <laughs> Mr. Fox. We were all like, he was really nice until he wanted us to call him Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I t- think if they, if they send that, they should send you a little unpicker so that you could stay up all night. Doesn't getting work. the uh, the hashtag off the back of your yeah. you know you see, jacket. Can, do I leave my did I leave my nest cam on? Did you see me uh, rubbing a Netflix logo <laughs> off a backpack last night with nail varnish remover <laughs> for my kids' school? <laughs> My God, we're just waffling and talking about good shit we've been saying. Is it Tuscan Villa next week or is that is that the finale? I think it's a two-parter. Ooh, good, good. Grace, are you gracing us with your presence next week or are you going to do a Jerry and just pop in and say hi and then fuck off? I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yes, perfect. Nice. Lovely. Thank you so much for listening. Do get in touch <laughs> with us uh, at Chris underscore Mandel, at Grace Dent, at Jamie East or at Previous Pod. Let us know what you're thinking. See ya. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.